You're listening to The Served Up Show, a podcast that features inspiring beverage professionals and topic experts that share their passions through meaningful content. Your hostesses, Bridget Albert, is best known as the Market Fresh Mixologist, an industry mentor with over 25 years of experience. And I'm Julie Milroy, best known for my passion for leading change and helping others grow in their careers. Grab a cocktail and sit back. Let's learn how we can make a positive impact in our industry. Hey y'all, it's Bridget here. I'm really excited today to welcome Roberto Sequeira, the visionary founder of Glass Luxury Ice to the show. Roberto is the driving force behind the inception of Glass Luxury Ice, the groundbreaking company that redefines how we perceive this essential cocktail element. Glass Luxury Ice stands out as the very first luxury ice company, reshaping the landscape of mixology by emphasizing the significance of ice and crafting the perfect drink. Roberto's journey is a testament to his unwavering commitment to enhancing the drinking experience. As we dive into his story, we'll uncover the secrets behind his innovative approach and why ice holds such a pivotal role in cocktail craftsmanship. So sit back, relax, grab yourself your favorite cocktail over luxury ice, and enjoy this really interesting episode. Roberto, welcome to Served Up. I am so happy to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure to see you. It's been so many years since uh, sort of the journey began, and I've been the luckiest person for having met you early on. So thank you. Well, I feel the same about you, Roberto, and I'm very excited to share your story with our listeners. So with that said, you know, can you tell our listeners a bit about yourself, your background, and what really brought you into the world of ice? Oh, ice and spirits and hospitality and... Uh, all things uh, cocktails. Yeah, I think, you know, I, it's always hard to think of yourself as being interesting. Uh, let me see if I can do my best. I was born and raised in Nicaragua, small third world country. Uh, I came to the United States when I was, I think, 14, 15 years old. I didn't speak a word of English. Uh, and I just sort of made my way through, like most people that come to America and find their way. I ended up going to Fresno State, the Fresno State University for undergrad with an engineering degree. And then a few years after working, building a lot of infrastructure projects like highways and dams and pipelines, I ended up at UCLA for an MBA. So I have an MBA from UCLA. It was while I was at UCLA that the idea came for what has now become Gloss Luxury Ice. And so that is interesting because unlike a lot of folks who sort of came up through hospitality, uh, bar backing, bartending, eventually uh, brand ambassadoring, and, and, and some have grown on to you know, build their own brands uh, personally and otherwise, I sort of came in through a different angle, um, so to speak. Um, so my passion for this space was otherwise. Um, so if I, if I was to start at the beginning, I had no idea that I was going to end up in the ice world or the ice business, let alone the cocktail world, the cocktail business or hospitality. What I had was always an inkling of wanting to be an entrepreneur. 
and I wasn't really sure in what space. And like a lot of people that come to the United States without a big bankroll, I had to do it somewhere or in a space where I could afford to do it. Uh, so even though I may have had this great idea to build a uh, rocket company on like Mr. Musk, I couldn't just go out there and start building a rocket company, right? So, so I had a class at UCLA uh, with a great professor, Professor Abe, called Venture Initiation. And a group of us got together and we decided to study um, all consumer packaged goods to see if there was any space that had not been uh, improved upon, so to speak. And we looked at all kinds of things. We looked at wine, uh, spirits, uh, shoes, watches, eyeglasses, makeup, clothing, cars, you name it. Eventually, we settled on looking at the bottled water market. And we're like, there's a wall of bottled waters, all different brands, all clear, all different sizes. But we still have these gigantic preferences. And then a friend of mine said, hey, what about ice? There's ice boxes all over the world. Every one of them says ice. And we thought, hmm, that's interesting. Tell me more. <laughs> so we realized that the consumer packaged ice market, what I like to call generic ice, was a $4 billion annual industry in North America alone. All at about, back then in 2007, 3 to $4 a bag. So it's a huge amount of volume, right? And we thought, geez, why has no one looked at this? Seems odd. Maybe Noah's been crazy enough to try to brand ice. And so I thought, well, why not us? <laughs> uh, that number was impressive enough to completely bowl us over. And then that number got bigger because then we realized that every hospitality outlet made their own. And back then it was all about the ice machine and the battle between, uh, you know, one brand versus the other and what, which one makes what kind and is it better or worse for you, right? So we looked at it and we looked at it hard. And so I started by definition or by, or by necessity going deep into, okay, so who uses ice? Why do they use it? Why is ice important? If no one's scared up until now, why should they care going forward? And I'm a firm believer in the rising tide raises all ships. And so back in 2007, it was really the early, early or early-ish years of the cocktail movement revolution. So everything was coming up when it, and people were becoming much more aware of the importance of ingredients in drinks. Bartenders were beginning to step out from behind the bar, becoming ambassadors. People have paid more attention to the ingredients, right? Which is an interesting journey because a similar thing had happened to chefs. You know, chefs had become, had been back of house people would once in a while come out front, tour their tables and go back. Um, however, the bartender was a little bit different. The bartender was not so much back of house. The bartender was accustomed to being the star of the show. And, and that would be something that would come in to play later on as I, as I continue to build a brand, because it wasn't something that I intuitively knew at the time. I just knew that, you know, I was like, well, this will make sense. Same way that it makes sense to chefs. Chefs will source their ingredients. Uh, bartenders should want to do the same. And that was a tough lesson for me to learn really early on because it was not intuitive to, to, for me to understand that difference in personality. Alas, we launched this little brand that nobody had ever heard of. Uh, I needed something that was trademarkable and that was difficult to say. And I'll, I'll, I'll share the story with you because I think it's 
well, I used to think it was funny, but, but it's also true, more importantly. So there was a movie back then, a, a classic piece of American cinema, a classic for all times. I don't know if you've seen it called Showgirls. I've seen Showgirls. Oh my God. Yeah, and you know, have. now it is a cult classic. It is, right? It is so, now. So. Yes. I don't know if you remember, Bridget. Showgirls was about a girl who comes up in her profession and suddenly she finds herself among the well to do. And she goes shopping in Las Vegas. She buys herself a beautiful dress and everyone tells her how great she looks. And she goes, It's a Versace. And everybody that is in the know, ha ha ha, snickers behind her back. She goes, look at the look at the new girl, right? Little did she know, Versace. I thought it was hilarious. So in creating the brand, I said, I want a brand that nobody knows how to say it, except for me. (laughs) I will make it so that those that know understand that it's pronounced gloss, like lip gloss, and not glossé or glossé or whatever, right? So I added these two dots over the letter A called umlauts, which have become very popular. But back then, nobody knew what they were called. And the Gloss Luxury Ice brand was born out of my little Nicaraguan brain, just understanding that there was a $4 billion opportunity there just waiting to be segmented. (laughs) Really amazing. So it's such a unique product. Like you really explained it so beautifully because there wasn't anything like it back then. And bartenders were just starting to pay attention to their ingredients in such a thoughtful way. Um, I feel like we're very spoiled in hospitality now when it comes to ingredients and especially knowing and understanding the ingredients because there is so much, so many resources out there to educate yourself versus in the early, even as recently as the early 2000s. So can you um, take the listeners from that point from really creating Lost Luxury Ice um, and take us on that journey from then to where you are today? Absolutely. So um, so I started showing up places and having conversations about ice. And the number one answer was, what are you talking about? What do you mean? I have ice. Here it is. Then I would say, well, have you thought about it? They're like, nope, never thought about it. Well, what about if they did this? They're like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. This is what we do. This is what we use. And back then, the fancy places were using different brands of ice machines. And it was the early times when different ice machines were, were, were for lack of a better word, purchasing the influence of, of certain big players. Uh, so I had endless meetings with lots and lots of people. And they were like, yeah, sorry, I don't have time for you because this here big ice machine company wants me to put this ice machine in every bar that I'm consulting for. So yeah, about that. And so there was, I don't know. I mean, we've been around since 2007. So you figure out that's been like 17 years. So let's just block the story out in five-year blocks, right? So for five years, it was like, you're crazy. Ice is ice. I have no need for this. Then the following five years, oh yeah, we we have thought about ice. We bought this machine, so we don't need you. Okay, fantastic. And then the third stage or the third epoch of that was like, now we're trying to make our own. Watch me lose my fingertip, spend four hours in prep, uh, have difficulty with quality control. Oh, by the way, I'm still using tap. 
So the journey that I'm going to try to distill for you, I'm going to distill 17 years of, of the evolution of, of ICE. And I think you, you did an episode of uh, careers have been built on how to talk to people in the pursuit of what is only one of the pillars of perfection, which is clarity. So having these folks that have built an entire career trying to talk to people on how to make a clear piece of ice. And at the end, it was still unattainable. You could just make a bigger piece of cloudy ice and you have to cut out the part that had impurities in it and, and bubbles. And so the difficult of that was having solved that from the beginning, but having to walk the customer, the industry, the players into what has become eventually, finally, I think, and I would probably still five years away, uh, a belief in what is otherwise intuitive in other categories, which is brand. You know, I, I, I can't tell you the number of places where I go in and I'll be like, I'll take a vodka soda and somehow reflexively the people behind the bar, endless bartenders will suggest, you know, either the brand that they've been trained or accustomed to or their favorite one. And that mind share is enormous. That, that has unbelievable value, right? And our goal has always been to build that same mind share in the ice space. So, so in the beginning, there was that. We had to have those conversations, educate everybody coming up. I was like, hey, watch this. It's, it's you know, and then for, it was three years of conversations about size, another three years of conversations about shape another three years of conversations about purity and clarity, another three years. And I, you know, we had been, our product hasn't changed. We're, we're, we're literally moving the same product that we started with 17 years ago, but the conversations today at the events are completely different than the ones we had, you know, back in the day, um, which has been fascinating. Well, what are those conversations? <laughs> yeah. What are those conversations look like today versus Right. Yeah. So yeah. here I am, the most fortunate guy in the world who gets to do what he loves for a living. And you've invited me to share with you sort of the passion that has been the creation of this brand. And so the American Distilled Spirits Council, I think Discus, uh, has shown that luxury brand index has grown, I think 21% is the, the five-year growth trend, 21% um, tequila and 15, 19% of whiskey. Um, the luxury spirits volumes have grown in 2021, 143%, and in 2022, 141%. So I, I mentioned this because we've always known from the beginning what kind of brand we wanted to build. So we're not building an exclusionary brand, but we knew that every consumer packaged good has a brand and a customer segment that they were going to target. And we knew that we wanted to be in a certain segment. So very early on, when we didn't have any money to advertise and we didn't have any money to promote and we didn't have any money for free sweatshirts or trips to, you know, fancy places, we had to depend on what's called editorial content. People who saw us, who, who recognized that there was something there. And we had to take a lot of arrows for that, including a 20 minute segment by Stephen Colbert, who just fully roasted Right. He was like, oh, my God, can you guys believe that this company is selling ice for more than 50 cents? Like it was mind boggling. Luckily, at the time, I had a colleague um, who used to work for one of the big uh, networks. And she was like, oh, my God, Roberto. She goes, what Stephen Colbert just did for you for free. She goes, people will pay millions of dollars for. And I was like, OK, because it still hurts. But I don't know if, if that's supposed to make me feel better. 
but it, you know, he crashed our website. We grew. We were then all of a sudden, you know, Gloss became the top end brand in the category. And so, you know, there's no growth without lumps, but this, this one was a huge one. We have been the default high-end watermark brand in the category and no one has touched us since. There's still, I mean, in, in, since I launched now, there's probably hundreds of people who are out there trying to make specialty ice, which is fantastic. I applaud them. They all have found out firsthand how difficult it is. Um, but we've been the only brand builders, I think, from the, from the beginning, which has been um, challenging because it's required discipline. Uh, for us, we've had plenty of opportunity to to branch out and, and we refuse to do so because um, I believe in the power of branding. And so, you know, based on, on on the research, you know, you look at the premiumization, for example, since we're talking about, you know, sort of nerd, nerdy, nerdy metrics of category, according to Discus, you know, 61% of total revenue is accounted for by high end or super premium spirits. I mean, for me, that's a very significant number. So if you can, if we can provide a turnkey solution to any hospitality operator to have a differentiated serve and capture more of that and grow that pie, then we win. And I think the challenge has always been that ICE has been something that everybody aspires to, but they're all willing to just somehow not account for it as a driver of revenue. And we've always disagreed with that. It is not an, it is not an overhead expense. It is not part of your prep. It's not something that you put in time in. It could be very much a revenue capture and a, and a revenue grower. And one that, you know, just like you go through the trouble of having particular brands on your, on your top shelf, if you didn't believe in the top shelf, you'd only have one shelf, but that's not how the industry operates. Um, and that's what we're after. We're after that Snake River Farm salmon is, is that for a reason. It's not just salmon and, and educating the consumer and more importantly, educating the bartender who ends up in these leadership positions to have that click moment in their head. That is where we have been, I think, successful uh, uh, and eternally grateful for folks like you and Kyle and, and uh, Debbie Peak and all these other folks who I was so fortunate to meet many, many, many years ago by happenstance. Uh, and we've worked with, you know, with brands who have embraced us, who, who have chosen to invest in us, having had a cheaper, uh, quote unquote, or equal, you know, they choose loss. And, and for that, we are grateful. Uh, and I think that that has proven to be a worthwhile investment for them um, because, you know, we're, we're birds of a feather, so to speak. We're not just random. It elevates their service well. You know, it's so, it's really fun, you know, talking about ice as an ingredient for a cocktail or really any beverage, right? Yeah. That you want to have at a certain temperature and glass really gives it that edge, that perfect ice cube. And when you talk about cutting down on your prep. Oh my God. You know, and all the energy that it takes to make those perfect spheres or whatever you're trying to do, it just makes perfect sense. So with that said, what is your favorite serve with gloss? I couldn't have said it better than, than, than your efforts. So there are, there are cocktail ingredients and you know, this as a cocktail creator that obsess over a quarter ounce ingredient or you know, a sprinkle of this. And uh, generically, ice becomes 25% of your drink. So for us, it made very little sense to leave a quarter of your volume of your drink up to chance. So if you're not controlling for that, right, you're, you're really, the rest doesn't matter. 
you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of these world's most expensive cocktails recipes. They're like, oh, here's our ultimate margarita. And I'm like, that's fantastic. I'm glad that you followed all of that. And they're like, you can get it on the rocks. And I was like, have you tested Las Vegas water lately? Have you seen what California <laughs> water district has uh, allowed to be present in your ingredients? Um, and so we wanted to perfect that. It was, we wanted to be another ingredient choice for cocktail creators. So for me, simply, and I, I'm a big fan of getting rid of sugar in our lives. Um, so for me, the ideal serve is simply a spirit that has been crafted, balanced, packaged, and delivered to the specifications of the master distiller that may benefit from maximum chilling and minimal dilution. That to me is the holy grail of experiences because by the time a spirit makes it into the bottle, it has been balanced exquisitely. And my idea was simple. An ounce and a half or two of that spirit over a perfectly dimensionally piece of ice with absolute zero taste or smell is the ideal example and experience of that drink as the master distiller intended it to be. Mm -hmm. Personally, having said that, let's see if we can do what I like to call the experience. Each one of our pieces is individually wrapped, elegantly packaged in metal tins. So that's how they arrive to your client. Absolutely. So to a clean, perfect tumbler, we want to add a single piece of gloss luxury ice. And then in my case, I'm enjoying a delicious Tapatio Añejo by a friend and fellow entrepreneur here in Northern California. And that allows me to have the perfect serve. Yeah, that's really exciting. And for those who have never considered, you know, really changing up even, you know, their cocktails either at, you know, if they own a bar or if they're a bartender, or even we get a lot of consumers that are just simply curious about our industry that tune in, you know, the importance of ice is exactly what Roberto said, you know, it's 25% of the serve itself. So it is important to pay attention to it. It is important not to go so cheap on it and to really, you know, take thoughtful care in your ice, just as you would with the other ingredients that you put into the cocktail. So, you know, I've always been on board with glass. I think that it's um, amazing what you've been able to do over the years and we continue to offer. Can you tell our listeners where they can find glass ice? The easiest place to find us is on the web. All social media, it's this exactly the same, which is Gloss Luxury Ice, uh, G-L-A-C-E-L-U-X-U-R-Y-I-C-E. That works for Facebook, that works for Instagram, that works for Twitter. And uh, on our website as well. And we, our, our business is probably 90% direct to consumer. We have a small 10% hospitality um, uh, side to it. As you can imagine, and as, as I'm sure you're well aware, the uh, um, exercise in the previous pandemic brought that particular business to zero. And we're happy to say that it's, you know, coming back every year. It returns a little bit more and more as people have now um, re-entered sort of and, and, and are looking for um, these new experiences and, 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 and return to sort of the, the regular world. Um, so that's fantastic. I think that when we designed the brand and, and even now, you know, my, <laughs> our COVID project was the changing of our packaging. So now, you know, we started with these resealable 
uh, pouches that had an air valve and removed all, you know, all contaminants so that you could keep it in your freezer and it wouldn't smell like, you know, the soup from last month or, or your fish. And, and so what we've done now is we've upgraded to each one of our ice pieces, in addition to being dimensionally and, and, and perfectly clear, each one is individually wrapped and sealed. Then we take five of those pieces and then we put them in a uh, sleek metal can that's capped. And so there is certainty in the safety of your product. You know that it, that piece of ice, that ice plug didn't get delivered to the back alley. It didn't get dragged on the floor. It wasn't handled by dirty hands. It didn't fall before it went into the you know, freezer. So the customer can feel secure, sure, and safe of the serve. But we also didn't want to stop there. We wanted to make sure that the bartender, that the operator had a way to differentiate the serve to let everyone know at the bar that this is a special drink. So we wanted these cans to be able to stand alone behind the bar and join their best friends, which is all the different bottles, right? We, and we didn't want to take a lot of space. We know that that's valuable real estate, but we wanted to say, hey, look, there it is. There's the gloss can. I know that that Pappy's is not going to be Pappy's on the rocks. It'll be Pappy's over gloss. And there'll be Pappy's over gloss at this bar. And there'll be Pappy's on the gloss at the bar across the street. But more importantly, it'll be Pappy's on the glass when I get home. And that ingredient, that drink list, that ingredient list, will, that experience will be exactly the same. And that is what we're after. We're after that replicable experience around the world, which I think is an unbelievable value proposition for multi-outlet operators. My God, they all buy the same linens. It's the same soap in the shower. Guess what? The same ice at every bar, that same high-end vodka, that same high-end mixer, that same high-end ice. And the promise then to our customers, both hospitality and retail, is quality. We want you to be happy every single time. Wow, what a great message. Um, what advice do you have, Roberto, for folks that are really longing to be entrepreneurs, just getting their careers really started and maybe have some truly out of the box ideas like you had years ago with ICE. I think the best thing I could say to young Roberto is be prepared to never work as hard for little or negative money. Entrepreneurship is hard. Entrepreneurship is difficult. Entrepreneurship requires for you to believe in yourself more so than anybody else believes in you. And it 100% requires you to put your money where your beliefs are because you will lose a lot of money first before anything. You'll be made fun of by your best friends first. You'll be turned down by everyone first. But having said that, I always share this story. There was a man who everybody knows. His name was Henry Ford. And can you imagine when he started his company, he said, I'm going to build a car. Do you want it? And at that time, everyone had horses and no one had roads. And Henry Ford said, here's a car. And I was like, why do I want that? They're like, well, it goes fast. And he goes, I, I don't have anywhere to drive it. There are no roads. There are no gas stations. It's complicated and it's expensive. My horse makes more horses in the off season. You don't make more cars. So by every definition of entrepreneurship, Henry Ford shouldn't have sold a single car because the world wasn't ready for cars. And yet here we are, knowing who Henry Ford is, who decided to sell cars to people who didn't need cars. They already had horses. 
I can take my horse over that hill to go see my neighbor. Can I take your car over there? He goes, oh, well, you know, if it's, if it's dry and there's not a lot of rut and you have gas and hopefully it works. Oh, by the way, I have to teach you how to do it as well. So hard doesn't mean impossible. Hard just means you have to really believe. And I think the second thing that I have to really, I think it's equally as important as number one to any entrepreneurs is you have to have stick to You have to be willing to grind for what you believe in. The, depending how, how young everybody listening is, we all know Uber and Lyft. I'll have news for you guys. Prior to that, there was taxi.com, but the world wasn't ready. People didn't believe in getting into a stranger's car for money and being driven places. Culturally, we just didn't, weren't there. And that's kind of what I think about every time I show, I was like, well, I, show, I used to show up to the bar and be like, here's some fancy ice cream. They'd be like, no, I don't have, what are you, what are you, hey, get out of here. Right? So culturally, they weren't ready. So if I'd given up two years in, I wouldn't be having this conversation with you. So you have to have stick to You have to be able to say, okay, here's where I am in the universe. Here's how it works. And uh, so the earlier you start, the better it is. And just have belief that you can do it. Yeah, that's really wonderful advice. What's next for Gloss Ice? I think next for Gloss Ice is, uh, is sort of the, um, it's the, it's the growth. It's the boomerang, uh, the hockey stick that is, that is in projections. I think we're, um, uh, you know, we're going to bring in different partners of different sizes and it's time for growth. Um, it's time for, you know, bigger distribution that may look, uh, I think it may look like, um, like international franchises. I think it may look like co-distributing partnerships. Uh, we're working with a uh, distributor partner here in Northern California that, um, that is going to add us sort of to their regular quote unquote bulk ice uh, deliveries. Um, you know, we'd approach the traditional distributors early on. We thought, hey, you're already delivering. You want to add this to it? But again, talk about culture, right? The, the, the bosses were like, what, what, uh, you're not booze. You don't need permitting. What, I don't want you on my truck. And I said, what do you care? Yes, you're right. I don't really need you, but you put me in your truck anyway. Here I am. Like, just add me to your list of stuff. And they were like, huh? Scratching their heads. I'm not sure. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, but, but, you know, but now those conversations, again, conversations that initially were very hard 15 years ago are now much more fluid. Uh, the phone rings a lot more today than it did when we, you know, when I first started, I was the only guy making phone calls. And now uh, we're very fortunate to be the recipient of a lot of inquiries and, and a lot of folks who are suddenly that light bulb uh, aura is a little bit brighter. I don't think through fault of my own, but definitely uh, in credit to folks like you, to folks like, you know, that, that have taken editorial chances to include us in their storytelling. And we're eternally grateful for that because, uh, you know, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. So. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, I'm so happy that you took some time, you know, to be with us on Served Up. This is such an interesting topic. And I think that your journey is incredibly unique and will inspire so many. And definitely to check out Gloss Luxury Ice. It's a game changer for drinks in general, right? Thank you. So. I, we believe so. We believe that, that people love it. And, uh, you know, I, I will say this. I will say that in the 17 years of, of us being in business, no one's ever asked for a refund. Wow. So for whatever, whatever that means, there it is. And I, I, I want to say that that's because we don't over promise, but we over deliver. Mm -hmm. uh, but there we are. That's our track record. Well, congratulations. <laughs> no one's ever said that on this show. That's for sure. That's, 
that's amazing. <laughs> you should have started off with that. That should be your tagline, actually. Well, you know, that's a tagline that's only good for another 24 hours. You never know. The next hey, day, somebody's never. like, I'm going to punch a hole in this one. It's <laughs> amazing. Just amazing. Well, I want to just thank you so much for being on this show, Roberto. You know, on behalf of the Served Up family, I just, you know, I want to wish you some great health and a lot of peace. And I really can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you so much. I appreciate you always and forever. Congratulations on all your success. I love that you're surrounding yourself by the same team that you've had for many years. It makes me so happy. And I just want you to know, earlier today, I told the story of how fortunate I was just to have been in the right place at the right time so many years ago and crossed your path. I'm eternally grateful for what you've done. Uh, There's a handful of you uh, who will be invited if we ever do ring the bell, uh, to stand uh, next to me and ring it because that these, you know, it's, it's who brings you to the dance. So thank you so much for always thinking of me and, and the opportunity then, and the, and the space that you've given to consider this absolutely wild idea that still seems to be working. <laughs> thank you, brother. <laughs> Take care, man. Cheers Take to care. you. Ciao, ciao. Thanks for listening. Served Up is brought to you by Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits. Produced by Zunu.online. Music by We Kill the Lion can be found on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe to be notified of future Served Up episodes. Cheers!